Good afternoon. World, we're live in from Oslo. <laughs> <laughs> This is my calendar. <laughs> This is the tiny boxes where she finds the rituals. It's actually, it's actually um, Oslo in um, micro m m miniature. Miniature. Where do you live? Um, <laughs> I live in this tree. The tiny box. <laughs> I live in the church. Yeah, that makes sense. I live back here, way nobody knows where. It's first of December. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> How are you doing, Anakin? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm. Uh, I've been skiing. You've been skiing. I've been skiing, and it was funny because actually people from uh, it was like a bunch of went to Shaikampen, which is nobody knows about in the world, but it's like a tiny little Very village. Cool. And nobody knows of it. Nobody, but yeah, it's like a. It was so beautiful. It's like a ski city or something like a little. So this is cross country skiing. We're talking yes. about. Yes. No. Yeah. So beautiful, and it was beautiful weather, almost like this. It kind of looked like that actually, with like stars, the sun. It was amazing, sun and the stars at the same time in my world. Anyways, and we were going uh, cross country skiing, and then it was like a two major buses that had like a lot of guys. Really? At the same time, because this was like on a Wednesday, nobody goes like it's not the season because in Norway everyone goes to our cabins in the weekends because you normal people work. <laughs> my my friend, me and my friend, we do not work. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was like a bunch of guys, and it was like uh, I was first I was like a little bit like tired. I didn't really want to go skiing, and then you know when you have sixteen cute guys from the UK, you know, behind you, I'm like. And like, yeah, I felt like really like had to. I got motivated. Yeah. Yes. Were you wearing your fabulous uh, outfit? I was. Yeah. But it was. It got so hot in that little suit that um, I had to like. It was just like sweating, and then you see the guys by like walk past me, and I was like, I hadn't washed my hair for four or five days. <laughs> so I, I don't think I looked very sexy. And my friend took photos of me, and I look like a cow because I'm like my whole <laughs> body is like this, and I think I'm like really like. Like, you know, you have like one of the good skiers in Norway that's uh, world known, but I look like an old cow. So I need to work on my uh, skills. <clears throat> so was the, the bus was filled with, uh, hot, guys. with hot guys from well, the UK? Well, there were 16, 17, so 18. Was it the but local it was... rugby team? or <laughs> Probably, yes. From the UK. I or, don't know. Or the local skiing team, maybe. maybe no, because they were yeah. not good. They were not good. No. And one of them was wearing so much cologne that, you know, it was like... <laughs> It was, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a motivation. Yeah. Did you talk to them? I did. Oh, yeah. And what did you say to them? Let's just do this. <laughs> let's, let's do it, dude. <laughs> right here. Take my ski dress off. No, he he was like, oh, uh, unshol. I was like, <laughs> that's not what I said because I got nervous because <laughs> he was really hot. <laughs> And then I was like, Mirata, how do I look? And yeah, it was, it was just, an experience. It was because there's nobody there except for me, my friend, and 16 guys. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Other than that, was, I'm I'm good. How about you? You're good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. You've been uh, also in the cold weather up north. I have. Yes. It was uh, it was an experience too. Yes. It was really good. I'm super happy. Yes, I can see your like sparkly <laughs> eyes more than usual actually. <laughs> I'm very happy. It was very sweet. It was a really good time. I got to see the Northern Lights. Yes. We were in this uh, bubble bath outside. We saw like um, 
Star seed. Seed. <laughs> star seeds. The seeds of the sky. <laughs> also known as stars. Star dust. No, star. Oh, stardust. <laughs> Sparkling stars. I don't know. The thing that goes like this. That one, I don't know. Can someone help us here? Yeah. Thank you, shooting, shooting star. <laughs> shooting star <laughs> Of course, yes. So we saw that. It was super Whoa. romantic. Yeah. And um And it was a bunny there as well. Which is ridiculously romantic. <laughs> and it's almost like, do we believe that? It's like a little bunny jumping around. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It was a we were we were laying outside, we were watching the stars, it was super cold, hot in the tub, and then this little bunny comes. White little bunny cups. <laughs> I would probably take my gun and be like, Pow. Mm, "You probably, I would. probably would, <laughs> just to show off my hunting <laughs> skills." You know, poof. <laughs> and also, I don't like it too romantic. It would be like, Ugh. you know, so just to balance it a little absolutely, bit out. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't do that. No, of course, no, it's normal reaction. Yeah, the way you do it. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what happens next. We live far from each other, and. Um, I don't know exactly like I I'm I am filled up with a lot of emotions and it's still like it's in me right now so it's difficult to like know exactly how to both handle it and what to think what's next and but I'm happy and also kind of nervous but um yeah so I I think it's difficult and it's right now so I'm still um you're in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes things very scary. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not the most easier to talk about to the to the world, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, but do you have any experience with the um, long distance relationships or anything like, or have you experienced anything, anything like this? I have experienced love. Yes, I have that. Do you have an experience with love? One time. <laughs> One <laughs> in time. 1987. <laughs> When I was born, no, yeah, um, yeah, I was, um, I was uh, very much in love with a um, uh, guy from Australia when I lived there, and we had some long distance relationship because every time I went home, it was like three months, but that was three months and not permanent. But also, when my kind of time time was up in Australia, it was my bachelor degree. I, um, you know, it was a we we thought about it like. Maybe he will come to Norway, I will come to Australia, or maybe like Fiji, I don't know, if I figure it out. But I was also very young. I was like 22, so it's it was a different mindset. So I think it's more difficult the older you get. Uh, the next relationship I had was when I was 25, and that was he lived four hours away <laughs> in Norway. And at that moment in time, I was like, fuck no, like I'm not, I'm not, dr- I'm not living there. Like that's four hours away, like... I don't know if they even have movies or the movie theater theaters they or probably something. Didn't. They probably don't. Like, I don't know. Do they have malls? I don't know. No, but yeah, it was a different time because of your age. So I think the the older you get, you're more you are more serious. You have also the kind of planted I don't know roots in your life. Like you got a job, you have your network, especially you because you do have like a lot of network in Oslo. And uh, friends and family and all these things. And, you know, like I have my my sister with two kids. So these things will have a bigger effect on me now than it would when I was 25, even 25, but also younger. 
So I can see that it's uh, probably a lot of things going on in in one's head when you're like have met someone that's far away. But actually, I think if I should try to describe the feeling, it just appeared to, like it just came to me. I think that I like him so much that I'm so scared that it won't become anything or that the distance will ruin it kind of so so it's it's um i think that's what i think i'm mostly afraid like that's why that's the uh because it means a lot and now it, it's a time in my life where it's important and uh, you hear all these different like stories but and then back to the expectations, like how I foresaw my life or what I want. And maybe it doesn't become like that. And and then you have a thousand opinions on all of these things. So I think I really need to just, um, yeah, you, you can't plan everything. No, and I, like you are also, I don't know if you're like a planner, but you have a certain, yeah, like you said, like a a view of like what your life will be so when that kind of something interrupts that i can understand that that would be a little bit scary and it's like that's not the plan like i have a plan we need to follow that because that was my plan so but i think like if you can like maybe after a while maybe let it go if that's natural for you or not like it, it will probably work itself out i i just believe that like if you ever like both parts wants to it's always a solution for that but of course, it's very scary. Like the moment you're in love, it's like the most terrifying. Everything is terrifying. Like even if he, he were to be here, I would be terrified 24-7. Like I wouldn't sleep. I would lose a but lot a good of weight. Thing is that he's... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be very skinny. Yeah. Yeah. No, but a good thing is that he's really, he's a good communicator. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of calls me, calms me down. Yeah, that's essential. Uh, and he's like stable. Yeah. He, yeah, he's good. Yeah. And that's a really important thing, I think, when you have that feeling. I had that with um, the Australian boyfriend. Um, I felt like he was really, really my best friend. And when you have that feeling, you're kind of, even if it was a, it's a lot of unsafe uh, factors, when you feel like you met that type of like a soulmate in a way, it's the foundation makes it safer in a way and you kind of feel like even if people don't speak about it I felt, kind of felt like if me and him wanted to work it out we would because it's just like it's if 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 you wanted it there for well at least for me and him I felt like that and we didn't really speak about it but I felt like that's really like um an, yeah an unspoken thing because you have that connection that's really like beautiful so that's what's up in my life good luck with that one yeah <laughs> thank you yeah you're welcome <laughs> How how how's everything with you? Good. I've been um, yeah, except from <laughs> being skiing yeah. a lot <laughs> lately. Um, no, I've been on uh, interviews. I've uh, gone on a couple of interviews. Um, so they've been uh, one of them. Actually, I said that I didn't want to proceed with the the uh, the process. Okay. So I said no. Okay. Which is the first time in my life I said no. I said no to jobs before, but then you have an option. So you have a. I got a different job options, right? Yeah. But this one, I was like, I don't have anything. But I just felt like it wasn't right for me at this space, like time and place. Yeah. And that felt very weird and a little bit scary, uh, but also like the right decision for me. So that was a really cool process to be in. Um, and usually, because I, I usually recruit a lot, 
and I hate people like me because because I usually I know what I want so I would never ever like apply for a job that I might not want like I would be like all in usually and I hate those people that are like oh I just thought about it after three meetings with you and I don't want the job after all I was like fuck you <laughs> like I use so much time and energy um but now I'm that person so that feels a bit weird uh, but also really cool. Yeah, but I think it's a good thing if you because you actually you're in a situation where you need a job at some point. So to have the guts to say no because it feels it doesn't feel right. Yeah, that's strength, and it Hopefully. is a process for you. Like we've talked about, and for me to say no to something. Yeah, it, it often takes more to say no to something than to just say yes and go along with it. Yeah, it's so much easier to just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's a no. Yeah. So I yeah, said so no to that one. And then the other job that I wanted, they said no to me. So it's a balance in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're back to scratch. Yes. Yes. I don't have a job. So if anyone out there wants to give me a job. <laughs> anyone. Yes. Anyone. I can do anything. No. Yeah. So um, and the last job I, I, I was just I had a what do you call it? Mouth diarrhea. Like I couldn't stop saying dumb shit I, I, I think it's called a verbal diarrhea Vi yeah so. verbal yeah. diarrhea that's what i had it's like i couldn't stop like i mean even now i'm like cringing because i said so much dumb shit like i was just oh i'm in love with i was in love with this dude at my other firm and and i ate a whole pizza and panna cotta was his dessert yesterday and i couldn't move for four hours like who says that in the interview it's not like it's not good in what context i don't know like it's just like she spoke so much like she really like if me and her if you were to put her and me next to each other you would say that she spoke a lot more than me but the few times i spoke i was like i need to say something and then this came out and then also i think the worst thing was like she was from uh, originally from turkey turkey <laughs> the country yes yes <laughs> you know the country turkey yeah uh and yeah oh i says and we like we both we talked about like um what are you ethnical as i don't know this in english but and she, ethnic diversity yeah and i said the wrong words like throughout the whole interview and i said uh ethnical or or i just said something similar but it's like ethnic ethic i said ethic yeah. throughout the interview i was like yeah ethic uh diversity is really important and you have to be on that ethic diversity and she was like and I didn't understand that before or after when I went home and I was like, what? Oh, my God. It was something wrong with that sentence, but I didn't understand it before afterwards. And then also the worst thing was that she was um, a Muslim. So she told me that, like, oh, yeah, you know, um, I eat a halal and stuff like that. I was like, oh, and she told me this good story that when she started this top um, at the co company as like a top CEO or something like that, people around her were very like uh, meeting her demands or not demands, that's wrong word, but wanting to accommodate her uh and i was like oh that's really really important and i you know i i know what you're talking about because i have a lot of friends that like it's a vegan and you know i have to make vegan food for them and that's really important to kind of feel you know it's like i what the fuck like trying to be um, relatable yes <laughs> a muslim person like with all what that's not easy probably a lot of time a woman a muslim and then i'm like talking about my girlfriends that's vegan and i'm like it's, I no wonder she she said no to me. <laughs> That's, but she said she liked me. But yeah, I don't know. Oh, oh, she liked you. Yeah, she loved me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no job for me. But um, yet, 
but I think I think this is something that people can really relate to because this is a super sensitive topic. Thank it's you. It's very easy to say like the wrong thing. Oh, you're you're so afraid to say something wrong that you will just say something to make fe- other people feel well. Yeah. And in this situation, I also have to say like if she talks a lot and it's your interview, she doesn't like she doesn't how do you say like um, empower you to be she your wanted me to best. Fail. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to say it's not your fault that you didn't get it. No. Thank you. Thank you. And this comes from you. Like you work with this stuff. So, you know, that's a good feeling. As an HR professional, you don't need to know this. <laughs> no problem at all. It's really bad. Yeah. Well, I'm a human being. I don't know. First and foremost. First and foremost, <laughs> human being. And then, you know, uh, but usually I do actually interviews pretty well and I'm pretty smooth. But this was like, I don't know. I felt a little bit dumb. I felt like I was, um, I was scared that I said something wrong that like, I, I didn't think like she got offended. I didn't, but at the same time, I felt like I'm smarter than that. I should have said it a little, like I shouldn't have, I don't, I don't know. I should have handled it a little bit better. But, um, and then also I feel like I've been, I, I experienced my stuff. So I feel that's why I feel like I can relate to feeling less than, you know, like as a woman and also like I've experienced it in the other way around as well, um, where my ex-boyfriend, he was uh, a Papua New Guinean. So and he had a, lot, a whole like um, a lot of family and, and I felt like an outsider as well. And I'm not saying that you can compare. It's just I felt like at the, in that moment, I try to probably, you know, trying to I don't know. What did you say before you try to um, uh, accommodate? No, or just like relate. Relate. Yeah. And then sometimes I just feel like when you say it aloud, it's like, no, no, you can't really. But yeah, so. No, but I do think that this is a super sensitive and obviously a complex uh, topic and that it's important to actually address it because when you don't, when you're too afraid to talk about these things, it ends up with, we don't want to, to talk about it at all. So um even if you try to just like yeah you know my friend is vegan and it's it's important to accommodate everyone and uh, i feel like that is because you're under pressure yeah it didn't make you look like it doesn't reflect what you actually know about the topic. no i hope, hope not <laughs> and i also think it's important to say that um i mean we're two white people talking about this and in norway uh, i would say that i think minorities have different experiences in norway as well so you can't just say like you can't speak for everyone and she has her uh, experiences and um but i think also that it is important for in a workplace situation or if you work with hr even if you're a leader or manager you should know something about the differences between the um the different ethnic minorities and you should you should um or we should, I should. I've spent a lot of time also trying to learn and understand what type of stereotypes and um, prejudice and even pure racism that a lot of people experience every day in uh, every day of their life. Um, but also that doesn't reflect that that's not everyone's story. No, and that's what what's interesting because she was really cool. She said that um, because she has worked a lot with uh, this like different programs and she's been very involved in this because she worked with HR as well. So, um, and she said that like it doesn't really matter, and then she does says that about recruiting as well. Like it doesn't matter like what you look like, whatnot. Like just like get good people, and then think about like having um, 
langsiktig, uh, like a long term or like a vision uh, for your company that you want all type of people. And that's also always been my type of the way I think about diversity as well, like um, make room for every kind of people. And then she said that I totally agree with as well, like you have to meet that person. And that's what I thought I, I tried to do, like you meet that person for who they are, not if she's a Muslim person or from Turkey, like it doesn't really. And she said that back to me as well. So and I really like that. But uh, of course, like if you. Yeah, that's pretty much what I. But I also think that you shouldn't like in an ideal world yes if we are in a meeting everyone will be equally as if they will feel free to speak and feel like they can be themselves and everything in some industries where there where it is really conform culture or if you are really um everyone looks the same they have the same type of language they have the same type of clothing and then you are the only person with a with brown skin or or some type of um, visible ethnic minority, regardless of whether you're born in Norway or born uh, in another country, that will make... That person might or may not, but they might have... will need to be encouraged to talk in a room where they want to blend in, but they don't, like... And that's not their fault. Like, they're equally as... They should be in that room together with everyone else but because of their history and because of all their previous experiences this is something that will yeah and that's our responsibility that's what i'm saying i trying agree to say. Yeah. and i think it's it's always interesting because she's from turkey and i was from i'm from norway and, and white and so i also thought like yeah that's good but you can't that's why we have all these people that like you that works for like these programs to help especially definitely like companies that is very male dominated white dominated to maybe start to think about exactly how that might feel for people with my minority backgrounds or if it's a lot of men for women you know make them think about this a little bit be reflective about it and and help them a little bit on the way so i think it's both sides but i agree yeah in the ideal world that would be great just to meet that person for who they are and what they say or maybe not say sometimes but um and accept them but but uh we're not there at all yet i think still even in norway i think where we're far from but um but still felt a little bit dumb i did <laughs> but it's allowed i think this is i think this is the key thing is that if we're in order for us to move forward we will need to say something's wrong we will and we will have to meet each other we would have to meet like I think minority people would have to be a little patient with white people trying to like, and I can under, I can totally understand that the patience is gone yeah. in some situations. <laughs> I really do because I can also relate like as a woman and everything. Um, and white people can also like, it is also our responsibility to actually know what kind of prejudice uh, ethnic minorities are met with. Um, and just be conscious of it and be mindful of it. Um, yeah, and I also think that just going back to the corporate world, I think that a lot of the programs and everything for diversity, we also we always focus on the minorities. What we should do is focus on the majorities mm. because that's where the problem lies. Yeah, so we don't need these women's groups or or uh, or yeah, like diversity groups. We should talk to the the majority because that's where the culture is made because they're most of them. 
need to infiltrate <laughs> the white man 50. Yeah. So I'm not saying that the diversity groups or like, how do you say, um, resource groups aren't valuable because they are. And in a really male dominated world or, or corporation, if you are a few women, that needs, that networks needs to, like that has real value. But I also think that um, in that situa- situation, the men also need to be aware of what it's like to be a woman in, in that. Uh, I agree. It's more like the groups are more like for backing each other. Yeah. Whereas, the like you said, changing the culture is for the majority. And I totally agree. But then they have to understand it. Yeah. <laughs> Try to understand a little bit. Yeah. Or so actually a, a lot. But, yeah. <laughs> that was a huge topic. Yeah. Yes. We wrapped up in <laughs> a couple of minutes of uh, yeah, but it was good. It's interesting and it's important. And uh, and um, I think we don't get enough. We need to keep talking about these things. And I, yeah. So I'm happy that you shared your little experience, your vegan experience. <laughs> My vegan experience. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. <laughs> oh. So, great. See you next time, dude. See you next time.